You're about to enjoy an It Takes Three Network podcast. True love and betrayal. Revenge and more revenge. A heroine with an impossible goal. If only Mozart had lived on the Upper East Side. But you can keep your magic flute, Amadeus. All this queen wants is a golden ticket to Yale. Wow, happy Thursday. Welcome back to another remote episode of Three Gossip Girls, a Gossip Girl podcast. I'm Liz. I'm Michelle. And tonight we had an amazing experience doing a Netflix party with all of our patrons. It was so much fun. We watched season two, episode 16, You've Got Yale. Wasn't that fun, Mitch? Oh my gosh, it was so fun. The whole time I was just smiling because it reminded me of our Tree Hill Talk days when we Same. used to do the live stream and the live watches. It was just great. Same. I so felt fun. the exact same way. I still I was telling Michelle, like I had a smile from ear to, to from ear to ear the entire time. It was a lot of fun. And I hope that you guys enjoyed. Um, this was a really good episode, I think, to watch as a community. It's definitely yeah. um a turning point in the show, so I'm excited to talk about it. As I said, it was season two, episode 16, You've Got Yale, original air date January 19th of 2009. So this is actually two weeks later from the uh, episode we watched last week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Written by Joshua Safran and directed by Janice Cook. Summary for this episode, it's that time of year when the students find out who is and isn't worthy of early admission to Yale University. Serena bonds with her new teacher, Rachel Carr, who quickly becomes an enemy of Blair's. Meanwhile, Chuck pairs up with an unlikely ally in his war with Jack over Bass Industries, while Nate and Vanessa have a romantic night at the opera. (laughs) That sure is a big tongue twister, but it pretty much sums up everything that's going on in this episode. Before we start talking about it, I posted on Instagram that I wanted everyone to send us pictures of what they were drinking tonight. I paired this episode with an ale, a Yale ale. Yale ale. (laughs) Because I remember when I went through all of the titles, and for some reason when I was researching Yale, it came up that they're big into beer like the town I guess like I don't know where I got that from but also like kids drink beer at college so I was like all right you know I feel like this works <laughs> of course it works so, college kids beer, yeah college ale. kid be- beers and you know Yale so I titled it Yale Ale and if you guys drank some of you sent us pictures so I'm gonna post them all on Instagram and Twitter when we uh, post a glass full of gossip Yes, because you let me know ahead of time because I checked in. I was like, okay, what are we drinking tonight? I want to see if I'm able to partake on my own. And when you said the ale, I was like, great. So I grabbed a Cigar City Brewing Company beer, a Citra Pale Ale. How was it? 
Very good. I'm still drinking it right now because oh, I'm good. very slow at drinking beer. <laughs> well, Depending on the night. Tempo. I was taking my, I know, especially with the Netflix party, I'm taking my notes. I'm trying to keep up with the chat. I I'm know. trying to take the episode in. I'm like, oh my God, I have half a beer here waiting for me. It's so true. I was thinking about you the whole time because you were very active in the chat, which I truly appreciate. But I was like, oh my God, how is she watching and absorbing and taking notes and in the chat and drinking beer at the same time? <laughs> She's a woman of many talents. You are very you. talented, Michelle. So we'll get into the episode. We start off at the Waldorf's. It's the morning of Yale Day, which is the day that pretty much every student, I don't know if it's just Constance or it's the students across the, you know, world get their acceptances or denials to Yale. Uh, Blair comes downstairs to find her father, Harold, and partner, Roman, with Dorota. Yeah, I know. I love Roman. And they're all in their Yale apparel. And they set up this spread of all like blue themed breakfast things. And they surprise her with a new bulldog who is the most precious thing ever. I have a really soft spot for bulldogs. So I do too. And his name is Handsome Dan. Handsome Dan. But of course, she drops the Dan part of the name and decides to keep the dog because she would never name her dog after, you know, Patch. It's just not going to happen. Ew. Yeah. So Harold mentions that the opera is tonight. He asks Blair if Chuck is going to make an appearance with her, and she sums it up to that Chuck is dead to her, and she doesn't want to talk about him anymore. So we know where that's going. (laughs) Yes, and it was funny. I think it was either her father or her mom. Maybe it was her father who said, oh, Chuck loves a tragedy. Totally. Yeah, that was Harold. That was Harold. So how did did her dad just assume that Blair and Chuck were on good terms or seeing each other yeah i don't know i think maybe she as you know children do tell their parents bits and pieces of things that are going on in their lives and so he just assumed maybe things were on the up for them but as we know as the audience she like threw the flowers at his face last episode so they're not together yeah and i also just want to point out i truly appreciate that her father and ramon were here for this day yes because harold is an alumni and he does mention too that he wrote a letter to the dean of admissions i guess you know a friendly reminder hey my daughter's applying here i'm an alumni so what can you do for her um but as we see later on i don't think that made a difference <laughs> right yeah um it's also morning at the vanderwoodsons dan comes with coffee for him and serena my immediate reaction when i watched this episode and i've i've mentioned it in the chat i've watched this episode this will be my third time tonight watching it the first time i watched it when dan and serena kissed i literally screamed out loud ew <laughs> like gut reaction don't know why that was <laughs> isn't that terrible no, it's just like how you're truly feeling. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's been a while since they've been together and on. So me seeing that again, I was like, oh, I don't know why it really bugged me. Sorry, uh, Michael. I know you are a big fan of them. But uh, Dan is talking about Yale Day and he's worried he won't be accepted. Serena's also worried, but not because she won't be accepted, but the fact that if she gets accepted and Blair doesn't, how detrimental this is going to be for their friendship and for, you know, Serena going on in her life because Blair will probably kill her. Yeah, because Serena applied for all the wrong reasons. And the only way, the only reason this school wants her is because she's a socialite. In yes, name. because of her social, social status. So she's worried about that. They discuss how everything's going to be fine, even though 
the love child thing is still in the picture. It's kind of sort of past at this point. And Serena's complimenting their parents on trying to keep it under wraps. And, of course, they come downstairs after Rufus has spent the night at the (laughs) Vanderwoodsons. And so the kids are super awkward. The parents are not so awkward. They're kind of, like, okay with this. And Lily comes out and says, I think we could be together now the kids are know about it why shouldn't the world know about it so she invites rufus to go to the opera which he's less than thrilled about because this seems like not his cup of tea he doesn't want to be around these people he doesn't know anything about the opera and at this point dan and serena leave to go to school and lily says like hey this will be a good experience for us we're going to come out to the public and debut as a couple and so persuades rufus to come out with her what yeah, do you think this, about that right well the this opera is this a she it's said some this sort is the of event charity of event season, and it is a charity event right that, i don't know how it is but that's what they're they're calling it <laughs> oh, okay yeah cuz that's i was like oh interesting i was expecting it to be something different when we arrived there to be more of an event but yeah I guess maybe the ticket sales go to charity or what have you I have to say I give props to Lily for being so confident and she's just like fuck this I'm over all the drama I'm moved on my heart is ready to be with my man in public yeah and she's I love how she says to the kids, like, why does this have to be awkward? I can't even believe I thought this would be awkward. Right. So she doesn't care what anyone thinks. She the, Truly, she only cared about what her children thought. And she says, hey, if my children are okay and dealing with this, then the public, then I don't care about anyone else. Yeah. And so they're going to go to the opera and make their debut together, which is great. Uh, at the palace in the morning, Chuck is doing everything possible to push Jack out of being the head of Bass Industries. He's going to lengths. I was cracking up. But first, when he calls and says that he wants, like, schoolgirls really young, you think that I initially was like, oh, Chuck wants that? He's gross. But no, he's trying to do his best attempt at catching Jack in some sort of scandal. Yeah. Yeah. To push him out. And so Jack overhears this and catches on to his antics rather quickly and asks Chuck if he's going to the opera, in which he reminds him that even though he doesn't own the company anymore, he's still the face of their company. And so he must attend regardless. But he won't be sitting with them. He'll be sitting, you know, wherever in the nosebleed section. Right. Do you hear Soli meowing, by the way? I don't. Okay, perfect. Because she's meowing nonstop. I don't. Sorry to I wish I you. did, actually. <laughs> um, okay, then later on, to sum this part up, Chuck goes to visit Lily uh, while she's picking out a dress for the opera. He asks her for her help in taking down Jack. During this time, Lily wants Chuck to move back in with her and the family, in which he declines, of course. He's not ready for that. He just wants her help and nothing more. She is only really worried about Chuck. It's really sweet. She's like, I don't really care about the company. I just want your well-being. You know, I want you to be okay. And of course, I'll help you in any way I can. And so she agrees to talk to the board and see what they can do. But only if Chuck agrees to stop the blackballing with Jack and the bad attempts to get him out, of course. She's like, let's just do this like the clean way. Right. And I love that Lily is there to help him. Yeah, me too. I love, love, love 
this pairing and we'll get into it more as the episode develops but i just i love in the chat we're like we love when lily calls him charles she's the only one in the world who calls him charles and just the way it rolls off her tongue and she's just so nurturing to him because she sees that he's a kid in trouble and also partly responsible for him at one point so she does everything she can for him and i love this relationship yeah and the the thing is about her is it's it's coming from a place of such good heart and not obligation. She doesn't have to do any of this, right. you know, but she generally, genuinely wants to do it and help right. him. Yeah. Later on, uh, we go to school where Serena and Dan are walking. She introduces Dan to Rachel Carr, who is her favorite new Shakespeare teacher. This is such a weird <laughs> storyline this chick looks like she's 12 years old i know she looks younger than most of the cast uh go ahead sorry yeah well, no, i'm sorry. like i just need to take a moment to just discuss with you no you we know. all we all need a moment for this because yeah. it's an it's a out of left field storyline that they bring into this uh season so yes We'll yes. we'll see what the, how that goes, but she's new to New York City, and the kids are actually suggesting places that she should go. And of course, Serena suggests the Palace Lobby because you can like hang out and have like a cool drink there. And then Dan suggests heading over to Brooklyn to see his dad's gallery slash you know cafe. And she's like, oh okay, yeah, maybe sometime I'll do that. Outside, Blair has her minions constantly refreshing her email while looking for the acceptance from Yale. And it's funny because Nellie Yuki is not refreshing for Blair. She's refreshing for herself because she also applied and which, you know, Blair ignores and said, of course, she's not going to get in. Yeah. And while they're refreshing, Serena, then her phone goes off stating that she gets into Yale. And at that moment, Blair gets waitlisted which she is absolutely devastated about. And she's like, oh, my God, get the headmistress now. I also love when the messages are coming in. She's like, oh, wait, I, I actually can't read this because the font's too small. But Nellie's like, um, here, it's in big, bold letters, <laughs> waitlisted. <laughs> Poor Blair. Uh, inside, we have Pate which they are talking about the opera and if they're going. And then, you know, Serena's bringing Dan and so Nate was saying how he would like to invite Vanessa to come. Also, his family box is available and he would love for her to see the opera through their, their eyes. And as they're talking, Dan's phone goes off and he gets this email, shockingly, but of course they cut it to the next scene. Um, after his email, Dan runs up to Serena and he say that he gets into Yale, in which Serena then lies because of Blair saying that she got waitlisted just like Blair. Um, and Padge is like, oh, okay. But he's like, you're fine. You're fine. We're going to be fine. So then Blair, as we said, Blair yells at the minions, go get the headmistress. We have a meeting with the headmistress where she said she spoke with Dean Barraby that morning and told her that they have... Um, invited a student to join the uh, the class, and if that student declines, then Blair will get the next spot. Yeah, and, and of so course she assumes she knows it's Dan. It's Padge. Yeah, <laughs> yes, because it, right in front of uh, Blair is when Dan told Serena he got in. So Blair knows that Dan got in. However, she still doesn't know that Serena has, and so 
Blair tells Queller, like, look, this kid is not going to give up his acceptance. It's like, a, I think she said it's like a lunch lady get, winning the lotto ticket. Yeah. Like, they're never yeah. going to give that up. And so Queller responds that she actually wasn't speaking about Dan. And not to worry, because most of all the students that go to Constance that get waitlisted get in regardless of because of their, you know, the status and their grade. So not to worry. And of course, Blair has to be shoved out of her office because she's so nervous and wanting to know who this kid is. Yeah, of course. I'd want to know too. Right? And then, well, then later on she thinks it's Nelly Yuki, which we'll get into. Um, Elsewhere, Serena confides in her new buddy, Miss Carr, about getting in. And Miss Carr thinks that Serena should do what's right for her. And even though she said it kind of pains her to tell a, a student to deny an acceptance to a college, if it's not the right college for you, then there's no sense of you, you know, choosing to go to that school. And so Blair then runs up to Serena and she telling Serena that she thinks that it's Nellie Yuki. And this part makes me laugh because she sees Rachel and she's like, oh, hello. Yeah, the cold shoulder the or cold just the cold Blair. Yeah, she's like, I'm in the middle of this conversation. Can you please walk away? But yet Miss Carr is still there. So she's like, oh, hello. And she uh, tells Serena that she thinks it's Nellie. And then Serena does some more lying, stating that, you know, why would Yale accept her only for their for her social status? And Blair was kind of like praising Yale for not accepting Serena because of this. And you can tell like Serena's lying and she has to like keep keep up appearances with Blair because she doesn't want to upset her. And as soon as Blair looks at her paper, she immediately is like, I need to go. Because Miss Carr gives her a piece of paper stating that, oh, she wasn't in class this morning. Here's your paper. And little does Blair know, it's a B on her paper, which Blair doesn't get Bs. Yeah, no, that's a huge no. <laughs> um, after that, Blair confronts Rachel about the B, and she claims that seniors are giving a break, and it's always been that way at Constance, and maybe you're new here, but Queller would not hear of you not giving me a good grade in the last semester of my high school experience, and Rachel rebuttals and says, well, you should have done better. I'm not going to higher your grade just for that fact. You should have done better on this, and so Blair is like, oh, it's on. It's Which on. I'm like, this is typical. Of course, Blair is going to rebuttal, but also go teacher because no, the kid's not in charge. Right, exactly. Which Blair is always used to being in charge. Mm-hmm. And so Blair's so upset by this, she runs over to cry on Serena's shoulder, stating that because of this, she won't get into Yale. And she tells uh, Serena that this is the only school she applied to. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, no backup. <laughs> Not good. So after that, Serena says she says she has to go make a call. Right before that, actually, Serena does get a call from the dean wanting to do an issue, a press release on her acceptance and what she's so overwhelmed about that she has to hang up. Later on, after hearing about Blair not potentially getting in, this is when she goes to make the call to, I guess, Dean Baraby to deny her acceptance. Right. After that, the Minions and Blair are scheming up a plan to take down Miss <laughs> Carr. 
Dan and Serena are talking about Yale together and Serena gets distracted by the look on Blair's face because as a best friend, you know when they're scheming. So she goes over and she calls her out on the plan, knowing that she's going to hurt Miss Carr. And Serena says, look, you can cancel your plans on whatever you're going to do to Carr because I got in, but you're going to, I denied my acceptance and you're going to get the next spot. You know, you should hear any hour now. And so Blair is surprised and states that she's she shouldn't have given up her spot just for Blair. And Dan is also surprised because he didn't know that Serena got into Yale and now she's deferring her acceptance and when they had a plan to go there together. So everyone is cr- like crazed by this news that Serena got in, but now she declined. So Yeah, because... Well, Blair, first off, tells the minions, cancel the Nelly Yuki plan. Yes, love that. Cancel Nelly Yuki. They're going to take her down. But also, she's like, come on, Serena, please don't tell me that you turned down Yale for me because I wouldn't even do that. Right. And Serena goes in saying, I didn't turn it down for you. I mean, that was a part of it. But also, I don't think Yale was going to be the good fit for me. Right. And so Dan gets upset and he leaves and walks away. And, you know, they're left to talk about this later on. At Bass Industries, Lily meets with Pete Holmberg, who is on the board at Bass Industries, and he tells her pretty much all the things that we already know about the Guardian taking ownership, and, you know, unfortunately, that's who gets the the company, and he wishes it was different, but Chuck pretty much left him no choice. And as they're talking, Jack then enters the room, and he's super creepy trying to hit on Lily but also belittling her at the same time in which she hands him a handkerchief because he's got coke residue on his nose and he's like sniffling yeah uh after he takes the handkerchief he tells her that the board wouldn't dare get rid of him because he's much more preferable over a woman with her reputation yeah. Ouch. Low so she just looks at him and she leaves because what do you say to that? To such scum? He's just disgusting. Um, at this point, at the Vanderwoodsons, uh, Lily then tells Chuck that she wants to play dirty. She's like, no, Jack pissed me off. I want to play dirty, yet not illegal, but still dirty. <laughs> and yeah. while they're discussing, she gets a call from Rufus, in which, of course, upsets Chuck. And he tells Lily that she shouldn't disrespect Bart like that. And she's so selfish and she's always been that way. Her kids and his father are an example of that. And you can just tell at this point, Lily's just, she's not even saying anything. She's kind of actually nodding her head and hearing Chuck like, oh, okay. I understand where this is coming from. I felt like she totally owned it even though she didn't say anything no all right yeah no absolutely and honestly for chuck to even allow himself to get help through lily is a big step in its own and then to hear that she's talking to the man who ultimately she was having an affair with like a super heart love affair against his father so to hear that on the phone and see it in the flesh is also hurtful definitely yeah so i think she Understood that, and she she took it like a champ. Mm-hmm. Um, elsewhere, we have Nitessa taking a walk, and they're discussing the opera. And before they do, 
uh, Vanessa says that she actually got them something. And so she bought tickets to the opera, you know, in the nosebleed section. And so, of course, she he, uh, Nate sees how Vanessa is so proud of this. He decides he's going to put his tickets in his pocket and not bring them up, even though his seats are obviously much more favorable. But, you know, he doesn't want to mess up anything. Yeah. And she also says, or I don't know. I don't remember who had the conversation. Maybe it was Nate or maybe she actually says to Nate of, oh, ever since you got your money back, you've mm-hmm. been taking me out on all these nice dates and I want to treat you. Right. So, yes, this was a scene that she does say that to okay. him. And and Nate does say something to Dan in the beginning of the episode. Like, I, you know, ever since I got my money back, I've been able to do much more with Vanessa. And so I guess, you know, it does make her feel a little bit uncomfortable that she can't really reciprocate. Yeah. Any of these extravagant plans that they have. And so he sees that she's so excited about this that he, he can't bring it to himself, you know, obviously to say anything to her. Sure, yeah. Uh, we get a funny scene at the loft after this. Eric is trying to show Rufus how you behave at the opera and he acts like he knows what he's talking about and it was just really funny and Jenny's like dad listen like you don't have to try to impress these people just be yourself and he's like well no actually I really care about Lily and if this is important to her then I want to do the right thing by her and so both kids were I thought that they I just thought that this was really sweet because he just wants to do anything possible to make Lily happy and yeah, I think that, sweet. of course, Eric sees that and then Jenny sees that as well. So I thought that was really sweet. No, it was. It was a good moment. Yeah. Uh, later on at the Waldorfs, Blair is with Isabel and Penelope. They're playing good angel, uh, good cop, bad cop or angel versus devil. And of course, Penelope is the devil like of she course. always is. Ugh. And she's is so convincing that she makes Blair choose to actually not take the high road, even though Serena asked her not to do anything. But she uh, ends up calling Miss Carr, inviting her to dinner with her family, inviting her to the opera to make amends. And, of course, she has no intentions of actually meeting her there. So they're setting her up to um, be humiliated. We go to the opera and... Rufus and Lily are talking about how great it is that Serena's going to go to Brown and Dan's going to go to Yale and it's just a road trip and they're going to take Eric and Jenny <laughs> and get ice cream and blah, blah, blah. And Dan and Serena are so uncomfortable. They're like, please stop talking. We don't want to be like lumped together at all times. Um, and so they leave and Dan runs away to go see Vanessa and Nate and which he um, kind of sort of spills the beans about Nate having box tickets and Vanessa's like wait what's happening here and so they go and sit at Vanessa with Vanessa's tickets because of course Vanessa doesn't want to use Nate's money or any social status at the opera and this lady they end up sitting next to <laughs> Michelle's like this is me this with is this, me though but your suckle would not be at the bottom of your pocketbook collecting dust not even on not even wrapped it wasn't um, even wrapped. it wouldn't be the one I offer you <laughs> exactly that too <laughs> the one I eat but yeah I wouldn't offer you guys right dirty exactly suckle. um and so the lady asked Vanessa if she wants the hard candy Vanessa says no obviously because it was from the bottom of her bag and so this lady starts 
hacking up a lung with all this mucus. And so Nate and Vanessa think this is hysterical because, of course, this would happen to them. Of course. And at that point, even before that, Nate was joking, kind of like, I don't know, making fun of Vanessa a little bit. Oh, we need binoculars. Are you sure you're not going to get a nosebleed in this section? Like saying shit to make her feel bad. And I would not have like been okay with that. I don't know. I think he wasn't you know being malicious about it he was just being like oh look at these seats we're in you know like it's kind of passive and I don't think he meant anything by it yeah he was just being goofy but for some reason it didn't it didn't sit right with me at the first time watching it uh but you know to sum up them they end up going to Nate's box making out and that's it for really what happens with them so was she pretty much got over it she got over the fact that he was using the box like for no his- like she obviously was being prideful of okay I planned this date for us and I used my money for these tickets and then did she finally was like fine we'll go to your seats they don't show anyway. that but they also when they show them actually sitting in Nate's family's box she says I hate winning I hate losing yeah and yeah. so I guess that was her way of like sucking it up and saying like all right these seats are better and then Nate does say well the perks of the boxes and they they make out and honestly that's the end of their story in this episode um elsewhere Rufus and Lily run into Jack and Pauletta who as we know was the rep from Bass Industries that we saw Bart with a couple of times and Jack and Lily have a tiff as they enter the theater stating that uh Pauletta should watch out for Jack and Jack states that Lily and Rufus should have second guest coming together uh, and they, you know, have words with each other. Then Rufus and Lily run into the Bass family lawyer. And as they're talking, this triggers an idea in Lily's head. And at first you don't know what this idea is. Um, but she says, I have to go find Charles, like keep talking about the opera. And of course, <laughs> Rufus doesn't know what to talk about. He at the thought, opera. he thinks he's at the opera about I couldn't remember the for the whole title. Something flute. flute, yeah. But it, that turned out it's a kids' opera, right? So Eric prepped him for the wrong opera, <laughs> yeah. But it didn't even end up end up mattering anyway. Um, so Lily goes to find Chuck to tell him that she has an idea and a solution to get Jack out of the picture. She states that this paperwork that their lawyer was referring to was actually paperwork for Bart to adopt legally Serena and Eric and for Lily to illegally adopt Chuck. And she says, so if you do this, if you sign these papers, then I become your actual legal guardian and then therefore I own Bass Industries. And so Chuck, of course, you know, takes the pen right away and decides to sign. And as he's doing that, Jack comes over and this pisses him off because he says, oh, you you can't sign anything without my consent or me being here. And he's like, well, that's over now because Lily is now my legal guardian, which ticks off Jack tremendously. Yeah. Dan then finds Serena sitting by herself on the couch and she's explaining to him that she didn't really figure it out until this day that Brown was a better fit for her. And, you know, she's sorry that she didn't really tell him to begin with. And they discuss their future of their relationship while comparing it to the future of Rufus and Lily's relationship. 
And they decide that the best option is just to let everything happen on its own. And they agree that their parents' relationship probably won't last. And they decide to walk off together hand in hand in which they bump into their parents having a moment in the middle of the staircase. I I felt that the conversation with Padge and Serena and maybe I'm just being cold was stupid. Well, I mean, it's like we've done this so many yeah, times already. I, maybe it was their tone or just like, oh, I guess, you know, it'll just be a car ride away from each other and we'll have to just make it work and we just have to get through these next couple of months. It's like, but then again, I have to put myself in their shoes. They're kids in high school about to go away to college. They're in this relationship. They yeah, had a lot of And problems. their parents are in a relationship. Yeah, but I was also like, eh. <laughs> yeah, I know. I their their stories are lackluster in yeah. comparison to everything else. Yeah. Um elsewhere we have Blair finally arriving to the opera with her dad and as she enters, she receives a phone call from headmistress Queller who informs her that Rachel did call her stating that she cares about Blair and, you know, just because she got this B doesn't mean that she won't end up with an A for the semester and have her not to worry. Um, And, of course, this makes Blair regret doing anything to her. And so she decides that she tells her dad she has to go and fix the wrongs that she's done. And so she goes to find Rachel, who is obviously unhappy with her and very hurt. And this scene, I felt zero pity for Blair because she's trying to apologize, claiming that she's trying not to be a manipulative person, but... And truly, she's not trying very hard, in my yeah, opinion. So she had she had Carr go to a restaurant that was closed. Closed. Mm-hmm. And then the other... And then, then, so then she hours. told her that the opera was at 8, when in right. reality it was at 7. Right. Yeah. So Carr is like, listen, little girl, this is bullshit. Your apology means nothing to me because you, and Blair's like, oh, I was just coming to get you. And she's like, oh, really? You were coming to get me? Like, I don't believe anything that's coming out of your mouth. And so Blair's like, please accept my apology, in which Rachel does accept her apology. But as soon as Blair leaves, Rachel says, you know, I don't want to come out. I'm too tired. What did she say? I'm, I'm quite tired. I'm quite tired, <laughs> in which I said, I have to start using quite. <laughs> I like quite as well. Um, But she's like, I'm quite tired, Blair. I don't want to come to the opera with you now. So she she has Blair leave and she decides to call the headmistress to essentially tattletale on her about what had happened that night. Uh, This scene, I don't want to have to talk about, but unfortunately we do. Um, After the whole adoption portion, Lily goes to the bathroom to reapply her lipstick And is followed by Jack, who then locks the door on them. He is so angry, and he's high, and he's violent. And Lily's trying to explain to him that this was Chuck's decision, and Jack is not in a good frame of mind. And he's getting ready to, like, potentially rape Lily, which is absolutely awful. Um, Dan... And Rufus have a chat in which they can't find Lily, but they don't think anything of it. Then they see Chuck, who says that he saw Lily go to the bathroom, but that was a while ago, 
goes over to the bathroom, notices that the door is locked and everyone is online waiting to go in, in which this is a public bathroom. This is not a one stall type of bathroom. And so he gets so nervous and upset. He goes to get, I guess, you know, someone who works at the hall and they bust in to, just in time, thank goodness, to save Lily from Jack. He pushes Jack to the couch, punches him, and Jack's escorted out. Rufus comes in, sees a, dis- a disheveled and devastated Lily. He, you know, comforts her and they both thank Chuck for helping her, which I was, I did like shed a tear a little bit. I was overwhelmed. Yeah, this is such an anxious ridden scene to watch. Anxiety ridden. Yeah, rather. because and, you don't know where it's going to go. Yeah. And the fact that also Chuck always seems to have this sixth sense. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? Yeah, he's he generally does, which is such a great quality in him. He's very intuitive. Yeah. But also is. maybe not I I think he's very intuitive and I think he picks and chooses when he wants to like use it. Use it. Yeah. So like when yeah, it comes to totally. him and Blair, he's like I don't want to go into my intuition or my feelings about this because they're too much. <laughs> But when it comes to people that he cares about, like family, he's all on it. Uh, The next day, we have a scene at the Vanderwoodsons that Rufus and Lily are looking at the picture in the newspaper about them. And (laughs) Rufus makes a joke that his hair is awful. And it was it was sweet. And so then Chuck comes in and Rufus decides to leave. But before that, he shakes Chuck's hand on the way out, which yeah. I really loved. Huge. Yeah, huge. It's like, like much respect to you. Lily then has a, a conversation with Chuck that Jack is on his way back to Australia and that she didn't press charges on him because she just doesn't even care. She just wants him gone. And then she tells him that on his 18th birthday, she is going to give him the full company, just like how Bart wanted. And she also wants him to be a part of the family. And so Chuck then admits that he knows what happened to his father was an accident and he doesn't blame Lily for that. And of course he wants to move back in. And of course Lily accepts because this is what she wanted from the beginning. She just wants to take care of Chuck, which is I love it. Such a wonderful, sweet scene. Yeah, I agree. I love this. To sum up the end of the episode, we have two scenes that happen. The first one I'll talk about is Blair. She's on the phone with Serena. She's stating that the headmistress wants to meet up with her, and she's thinking all positively about this. Uh, She goes to meet her, and Blair is told that she knows... Uh, that Miss Headmistress Queller knows what she did to Rachel and that her acceptance for Yale has been put on hold and she must go through detention and complete it the way that Queller wants her to. Otherwise, she's got no chance of going to Yale. And so Blair is absolutely shocked by this. She had, I'm like, come on, Blair. You're really surprised. I know, right? So she walks out to see Dorota and Handsome and she's like, Dorota. <laughs> And Dorota knows. She's like, oh, oh my yeah. God, Miss Blair, is it war? And Blair's like, oh, yeah, it's war. So she's going to do <laughs> anything in her power to, you know, get rid of this Rachel. To sum up the rest, Blair on the phone with Serena. Serena is staring at a picture of her and Dan from Cotillion. 
And it's funny at this point, Gossip Girl is doing this voiceover of like things to end. And as voiceover is still happening, we go to the gallery slash cafe where Dan is ignoring Serena's call because she does pick up the phone to call him. And he presses ignore. Right after that, Rachel shows up and tells him that she decided to take his advice and come over to Brooklyn, in which he is happy to make her a cup of coffee. And they begin to chat. And really, that's the end of the episode. The end of the episode ends with the Blair scene. But I wanted to touch upon this last because I want to hear what you think about Rachel. Well, I... When they first meet Rachel Padge in the hallway with Serena in the beginning of the episode, and he, I think he's the one who mentions like, wow, you don't look much older than us. Yes. And she said, I'm not, you know, I did teach for America. I think she said in Alabama. Am I? Yeah. Well, okay. So she says she, she did teach for America and she isn't much older. She's probably what in 20, 20, if that. She would have to be 20, I'm assuming, right? But when you... uh, 20, 21? When you graduate with your master's, let's just say, when you graduate from college, you're 21, 22, right? Yeah. So let's just say she's 21, 22. But you you can (laughs) teach without your master's, right? Right, you can teach. teach. While you're getting it? Right. So maybe that's what she's doing. So perhaps she's 21 and Dan is 17, 18? To be to be eighteen, if he's to not be, already. Okay, I don't know why I always have a problem remembering how old everybody <laughs> is in their senior year. Senior year, senior year. So then he says, "Oh, you should make your way out to Brooklyn," and she's like, "Oh yeah, like that's across the bridge, right?" And he's <laughs> like, "Yeah." And so then for her to show up at the cafe and then take her coat off, and he's like, "Oh, let me make you a coffee." There is like this very subtle flirtation here yeah something's a little fishy about this and if you're a teacher I don't care how young you are and if you're close to your the grade you're teaching I don't know if I would be showing up where my student works yeah associated with like you don't shit where you eat right exactly you you shit what's the term yeah you don't shit where you eat yeah that's it you don't shit where you eat because it's just one it's just inappropriate right However, I do like how she did handle the Blair situation. Yeah. So that's neither here nor there. But I thought (laughs) this was very interesting. And the fact what Gossip Girl was saying, I don't remember, obviously, verbatim. But some things happen so subtly you don't even realize. Yes. So she's foreshadowing. Yeah. Or trying to to yeah shed some light on the fact that Rachel does purposely, you know, come to the cafe to see Dan. So, yeah, I just... I think it was very strange, A, for the students to recommend her coming to places that are of their home and comfort, and then B, the fact that she decides to take their advice on it. Like, I just thought that that was really weird. I mean, again, I get if you're lonely, you just moved here, but it's just inappropriate. It's inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah. But that is where we end the episode. So I'm excited to read our questions and comments from everyone. And um We'll come back in a few minutes. Good morning, Kelsey. I've got to tell you about this Regency bromance I just read. 
Zoe, you're finished already? Oh, I couldn't put it down. Have you read anything new? <laughs> Not since you asked me yesterday. That's all right. I'll just find something I've read before. But Zoe, haven't you read and reread hundreds of these books? Well, they're my favorites. Far off places, daring damsels, true love, and dukes in disguise. <laughs> Since we both love these books so much, what if we made a podcast? Oh, but Kelsey. I insist. Well, all right, let's do it. Join us, real-life friends and real-life romance novel enthusiasts, every other week on Tea and Strumpets, a Regency Romance Review, as we discuss a book from our favorite genre and what makes it steamy or tepid. And, as the Regency period technically lasted only nine years, generally we're talking post-wigs but pre-telephone. So whether you're looking for a book to add to your to-be-read pile or you've read our choice already, we've got a little something for everyone read along or just listen in you can find us on your podcatcher of choice and new episodes coming every other thursday so we're back from break we're going to start with our trivia This episode title was based off of the movie You've Got Mail, which I spoke about last week. Literally one of my favorite movies. Same. Ever. So good. Such a good movie. If you haven't watched it, definitely put it on your list. Now that we're all quarantined, you're going to have plenty of time to watch anything. So definitely put it on your list. Yes. Um, We have Blair's essay was written on January 23rd, 2009, and cites common attributes between Marta from the works of James Joyce, and Holly Galatly from Breakfast at Tiffany's. Okay. Mm. Um, Earlier in the episode, Roman says he heard Blair watching Gilmore Girls all night, and Blair said she's much better fit for for Yale than Rory. Ah. Gilmore Girls was directed by Amy Sherman Palladino, who was actually lined up to direct Gossip Girl when it was supposed to be a movie. What? I know. Wouldn't that have been something different? <laughs> oh my god, Amy is such her and her husband are such interesting visionaries. I this would be totally different. It would be so different. It would be yeah. It would be bizarre. I think. Um, but music we had in this episode: "The Double" by We Fell to Earth, "Mexican Dogs" by Cold War Kids, "Against Privacy" by Cold War Kids, and "Der Hol Rachkoch" in mine. Hers by Vienna Philharmonic <laughs> Orchestra. <laughs> there it is. There it is. We haven't had a concerto or anything in oh, so I miss long. The Same. Okay, so we're gonna go into our questions on Instagram and Twitter. I'm very excited. Me too. Jess said, "Mrs. Boquist on Instagram said tonight was so much fun. Thanks for setting up the Netflix party. I love Charles and Lily." All the kid relationships bugged me in this episode. Mm. What are Michelle's initial thoughts on Miss Carr? And her MVP was Lily. Shittiest is Blair. XOXO Jess. So <laughs> we kind of touched upon it before we, we broke um, yeah. about how you felt about Miss Carr. So we can. I will say this. Mm-hmm. Even though I feel what she's doing is inappropriate, I'm here for it because let's get some drama. Yeah. Like let's stir up some the pot with. Yeah. I don't but then again it's like we just did that with no, Paige I know. And, and I don't really want to see Paige and Serena go through this whole spiral shit again. Right. However, it was like why I, did we come back to do this again? No, I right. No, you're absolutely right. I just I want drama. Yeah. 
Well, drama doesn't mean it's gossip girl. You got to have it. So yeah. Uh, Muse chick on Instagram, our friend Vic says, oh my God, I want Serena's gray coat. So cute. Mm. Lily and Rufus sneaking around. So awkward with Eric there. Ha ha. I like to seeing Nate and Padge talking, but would have wanted to see when they're actually starting to talk again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the you know, like the development time. of getting mm-hmm. back into friendship again. Um, funny Blair was all wanting to hurt Nellie, but then when she found out it was Serena, she actually looked worried and asked her why she would turn down Yale. I love that Lily adopted Chuck to help him. I hope they get closer. I am so happy he saved her. I was so scared for Lily. I love the moment between them and glad he is moving in. MVP is Lily for adopting Chuck. Do you think Serena and Padge can actually make it work? With separate universities, Lily and Rufus, and what is going on with Miss Carr, is she going to be a problem? If you didn't want to go to the same school as your boyfriend, how would you tell them? Okay, so we'll go into, do you think that Serena and Padge can actually make it work given, you know, their family relationship and Carr and everything that's going on? Uh, short answer. <laughs> okay, wait, let me back up. I think they could make it work if the whole car situation wasn't happening because I think the family thing they could get over. I truly believe that because Mm -hmm. if Jenny and Eric are getting along and their parents are happy and now Charles is involved. Yeah. Why? I mean, it's like finally a kind of a stable family environment. And yeah, it's kind of awkward, but I think they would move past that. Right. However, the whole college thing and car and just changes being a senior and them just being them. Will they make it? No. Okay. (laughs) In fact, I can't wait until they end. And I because I don't believe that they're endgame. I actually don't know if they end up together. Okay. So I am truthfully in the blind here and hoping that they don't. Right. Same. (laughs) Um, But she also asked if you didn't want to go to the same school as your boyfriend, how would you tell them? Ooh, that's a really, really tough. It would probably turn into an awkward conversation, which would turn into a fight and then a lot of crying and then a lot of emotions being said. And mm-hmm. finally we get to the end result because we're both exhausted. Yeah. I mean, what, how would you say that? Like, oh, I don't really I don't think it's a good idea. And then you're like, why isn't it a good idea? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, but in Serena's defense, she just feels like Yale is not her yeah, cup I don't of think tea. It ha- yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with Patch in no, this scenario. Same. I think she knows Yale wants her for all the wrong reasons, and she never even wanted to go there. Yeah. It was her yeah. spite school. Right. <laughs> One person's dream is not necessarily, you know, the next person. So, yeah, just regardless are different. of, right, regardless of the status of the school, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, we have Del underscore Vasto, our friend Michael on Instagram. He says, hey, happy Netflix party and recording night. I don't have any comments about tonight's episode, but I do have a few questions. Lily took care of Uncle Jack. Michelle, do you think we'll see him again? If so, will it be this season or in future seasons? Um, I don't think we will see him because she said he's on a plane to New Zealand, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Australia. Uh, Sydney. Oh, he lives in Sydney. Sydney. Oh, Sydney. I don't know why I kept thinking New Zealand. Um, So I think he's probably gone and maybe he'll show up in a future episode for funsies. In this season, though, or in, in a few seasons no, to come? Okay. A couple of seasons. Maybe when 
Or maybe when Chuck turns 18, oh. he gets the company. Right. Okay. Yeah. He also asked if you were the teacher. I don't remember her last name, but I think her first name is Rachel. Um, how would you have handled a student like Blair? Yeah, probably the same way. Yeah, you have to put your foot down. You, ha- you yeah. cannot let them walk all over you, regardless of how much fight they have and, you know, who they are. But Like, it's one it. thing if Blair came to me and was like, you don't understand how it works here. I need to re- maintain my GPA so I can get into Yale. And if it ended there, I would go to the headmistress and be like, listen, give me some backup on background on this student. Mm. What can I do here? Can I help? Right. If it ended there, that's what I would do. But if they went the next step to get revenge on me, oh, fuck that. Right. Totally. Uh-uh. I would literally no, kill no. her. This is not how this works. Yeah. Uh, finally, he says, if you got waitlisted from your dream school and your best friend got in, would you ask him or her to decline knowing that their dream school is another school? Or would you say nothing and hope they decline on their own? If the roles were reversed and you, like Serena, declined knowing that your best friends, that was your best friend's dream school. Also, side note, and maybe a plot hole, a few episodes back when Nellie thought Jenny was coming back to be queen, she tried to get on her good side. But if Nellie is in her last year, why does she care? All right, so we'll go back to, um, you know, if you had a friend or if you were the person that got waitlisted and your friend got into your dream school, but you knew that they didn't want to go to your dream school, would you ask them to decline it? Ooh. I I don't think I would. (laughs) I don't think I would, depending on who the person was and our rapport with each other. Because I feel I have, I'm very fortunate to have, I have like my core best friend squad, right? Mm -hmm. And Liz is a part of it. And if you got into a school, right, in this scenario, maybe I would have a conversation with you just so I can express my emotional thoughts. Yeah. And maybe I'd be like, listen, I don't, I'm not going to ask you to decline your acceptance, but if you truly feel that you're going to change your mind, you know, is this something you would do? And then I, and I know if this wasn't my dream, I would probably decline for a best friend. Yeah, I would too. Because why waste it? You know, like, I don't want it. This is not what I want. Yeah, but, like, here's the kicker, though. What if you didn't hear from any other schools yet? Like, Serena, this is the first school that everyone's been hearing back from. Right. So how does Serena know that she's going to get into another school? I mean, maybe Serena, Serena has this, as naive sometimes she is, she also has this, like, unblind confidence. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, where she just exceeds and maybe she knows, well, if I got into Yale with my socialite status, why couldn't I get into another school and I have money? And maybe you just have that kind of air about you in that kind of position. Right. Blair is freaking out because one, it's her dream school and two, she has no backup. Right. She didn't apply anywhere else. Like no safety schools, nothing. So, yeah, if I was Serena and I heard that my best friend didn't get into Yale and didn't apply anywhere else and this is her dream, yeah, I probably would have denied my acceptance as well. What do you do though? Here's the, here's the other picture. What do you do to tell your parents that? I know. Yeah. I feel like my parent, I don't know. Would they be proud of me or would they be really disappointed? I don't know. I feel like they'd be like, you don't have another plan or a backup. What the hell is wrong with you? Listen, I want to go to this school. This is my dream school. I'm going to do everything I can to get into it. Right. But I guess if like you were Lily, 
you know your daughter's like a shoe in for any place. So you're True. like, oh, it's True. fine. True. You know, but yeah. Uh, to go back to his other question about Nellie, he says that if it's, it must be a plot hole that Nellie, you know, wants to be under Penelope's or Blair's, I guess, um, wing because she's still in school. But if she's a senior, like, why would she care? Well, wouldn't she still want to be with the cool kids? Because in the beginning of the episode, Harold says they have about six months until college starts, or Blair says it. Right. Yeah, so maybe she's like, well, I still have all these months left of school. I'd rather not be bullied or... Well, even though she pretty much is hazed by her own quote friends but yeah whatever um he also finishes it with i thought she was in her last year because she took the sats Mm -hmm. and don't you take them in your last year he says we don't have sats he's from canada so he says we don't have sats so i don't know how it works i just find it weird that she's going through initiation when she was about to graduate maybe Liz or her sister can shed some light on that that's all I have for this week. I had a blast chatting with everyone during the Netflix party. For those of you who are on the fence about joining Patreon, do it. It's so worth it. Can't wait for next week, Michael. Michael, Aww. our PR guy. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I guess, like we just said, I feel like she probably just wanted to survive her last few months. Like, I understand. We So, in the United States, you can take your SATs in. I think I took mine my junior and my senior year. Or no. Think, no, I think I took the... What was is, it PSATs in your junior yeah, year? Yeah. And then okay. the SATs, I took... I think I only took them once, actually. I took my SATs twice, and both times were awful. <laughs> yeah, and at the time, I knew where I was going to go, and I was like, it doesn't matter. Same. You know? um, we also have questions or comments from our friend Allie on Instagram. She's under Allie underscore Luna 28. She says, this has always been one of my favorite episodes. Um, can we talk about Rufus and Lily disturbing Eric with their, <laughs> with their <laughs> rocious lovemaking? LOL. Your room is right above mine. Initial uh, thoughts on the new teacher. I thought it was a bit, a bit inappropriate for Dan to tell her she looked like a student. Yeah, I think that's inappropriate too. Like you, I, I get it. Like that's your initial thought, but you don't say it. Yes, it's inappropriate. Yeah, and she, like for the fact that she, I would have been like pissed if I'm already annoyed when people think I'm younger than I am. So the fact that like you calling me looking like a student to my face, I think I would have been really upset because like I do, we did have. Uh, teachers in high school that looked so young that you could pass them up as a student but like you talk about it behind them you know you don't talk about it in front of them was it did you have mr macarius um was that his name yes i did i did have him actually for like study hall or something like that yeah and he i think was 23 years old yeah he was a baby when i first had him and so grasso was just coming out of his residency or whatever when i just had him like everyone was babies um she also says, I always appreciated how sweet Lily is to Chuck, even though he's still being a bit snotty towards her, but I like them joining forces. Serena clearly doesn't want to go to Yale. This is why her and Dan keep having issues because they don't know how to talk about things until they blow up. Does Dan have a right to be mad, though? I... And did you catch it? Did you catch it, though? He does say, we've been talking about this for months. And I'm like, but you've only been back together for, like, weeks. 
So how could you be talking about it for yeah, months? Yeah, but they also were kind of like weird friends. Yeah, I guess that's true. That. I think if my significant other, I think I would be bummed. Yeah, I would be like, oh, wow, you didn't actually express to me that you don't want to go there. Yeah. I'd be sad about that. But, I'm, you know, I still want them to be happy and go where they want to. No, of course. Yeah. Um, He got over it quickly, though. Uh, she says the whole Nate and Vanessa opera thing was cute. I wouldn't I would have taken the damn box, though. <laughs> uh, Serena's opera dress was to die for. The whole situation with Blair setting up Miss Carr was a hot mess. I don't know why she felt the need to do that, especially since Miss Carr was just looking out for Blair shaking my head. The whole the whole situation with Lily and Jack in the bathroom was mortifying and scary. Thank God Chuck showed up when he did. My reaction when Rachel shows up at the gallery was just eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> the emails from our buddy Sean, season two, episode sixteen. Exciting. Hey, listen, Michelle, thank you guys for the wonderful group hang tonight. It was so much fun watching an episode with everyone. This episode felt a little weird to me because it's the end of the Jack vs. Chuck story arc and then starts to set up the Miss Carr story arc. I mentioned this in the Netflix party, but sometimes the writing on this show seems weird. They try to make some characters sound so intellectual and sophisticated, but we know that no one really talks like that. Yeah, quite. (laughs) It's fine in writing because we can't actually see the characters. We have to rely on the things they say and what others say about them. But on TV, we can see everyone. We can kind of tell that this person is an intellect or a savvy or an athlete partially by their looks. On TV, I believe that everyone should speak normally and their actions and appearances can help set up their personalities. True, yeah. Okay, last thing. I want to be able to talk about the books that Gossip Girl is based on, but the books are so widely different from the show that it won't spoil anything about the show. Like the pilot episode of the series covers the entirety of the first book. There are characters in the books who share names with characters on the show, but they have different looks, are related to different people, are used in completely different ways, or they just don't exist. They are really quick reads, and I would recommend them to everyone in self-isolation and self-quarantine who is looking for something different to read. I'm not saying they're the greatest things in the world, but they are weird and fun to read. XOXO, Sean. Oh, I love that. We hope you're doing well. We miss you, buddy. That is all the questions that we have. So thank you, everyone, for sending them. So much fun. Um, Let's go into our fashion headband counter Headbands. i had four you had four yeah i had so many really <laughs> and i promise you like it's not that i forgot i as soon as the episode started i was like okay because i always at the top of my page i have my headband counter and i was trying to count them all in the background plus blair's pretty blue one at the opera i know i love that one i had like 15 Whoa! Yeah, um, because there was a bunch in the beginning scenes, like, all in the background of girls. But some of them, I was like, I don't know if I'm repeating them, because a lot of the girls did look, like, familiar. Yeah, because there was a lime green one that appeared a couple times. Yeah, like a bright yellow Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I might be overshotting it. (laughs) Um, But I also really love to see Serena's hair so straight with, like, those knotted 
braid thing in it that she wore like pretty much this whole episode. Did we really discuss like this last episode? Did she get a haircut or those or her extensions out? I think her extensions came out. Okay. <laughs> to be honest. Okay. Uh, what else did you like for fashion? I loved Chuck's blush sweater and red coat. Love that. With his pink socks, as Chloe pointed out in the chat. Yes. I love all of the Minions coats. Me too. And Blair's black and white plaid coat. I loved that coat. Yeah. I love Serena's dress at the opera. I love it. Yeah. I also loved Blair's dress at the opera. Oh my God. That was beautiful. And I just loved it with the headband. I just, it was beautiful. And then it wasn't really long. It was actually short. Because when you see her run past, we have a funny quick scene of her running past Chuck while he's drinking at the bar. You can see like her legs, like it was a short dress. I also love that they gave us that scene. Yeah, like that he that they were both in the same room. Yeah. But like not even paying attention to each other. I also like that. Yeah. And I also liked Chuck's bow tie. The polka dotted bow tie? Yeah. I love I that. Um, I also really liked Blair's flowy plaid shirt. I don't know necessarily if I loved it tucked into the plaid skirt that didn't match. Yeah. But I really I liked the shirt itself. I liked Lily's white teacup. I loved Lily's big ass earrings. They were like huge. So good. I think that's all I have. Yeah, I think so too. Quotes. Oh, I am so a better fit for Yell than that Rory. I thought that was as soon as we opened up the episode, I'm like, yes, go more girls. Uh, Yell is good. We're good. Serena. (laughs) (laughs) I would say get a room, but yours is right above mine. Please try to remember that. The kids know, so why not the world? Or when Dan says death by Dorota. (laughs) Yes. Cafeteria lady who won the lottery. The Bass Jet is kind of expensive, Charles. Oh, my God. I loved that. Number 26, Crash Jack in a plane. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know how he loves a good tragedy. Poison pen is the best revenge. Yes, Gossip Girl. I love that. Um, Time to get dirty. I'm all ears. (laughs) I'm quite tired. (laughs) Opera for amateurs. I love that. I just ordered a home dreadlocking kit. (laughs) That was so good. It's like so brown. Oh, I'm going to do dreadlocks. And then I love that whole scene that I didn't write it down. But like, I don't know if they're talking about like tempeh or something like that. And she's. Blair's like, oh, we'll go get you like a a tempeh sandwich. I just thought it was so funny. Yeah, because she's going to become a vegan. Vegan. Um, I hate losing. I can't not act out towards people. Yeah. Okay. So that was when we saw Blair be so vulnerable. And at least she owned up to herself. Like, I'm trying my best. I'm sorry, but I don't know how to be any other version of myself. But I'm also like, you need to grow up, honey. Same. I was saying in the chat, like, they make it so dramatic with this, like, really sad music. And, like, you're supposed to feel really bad for Blair. And I'm like, I don't feel bad for her at all. She's just a child. She just needs to learn her lesson. Yeah. Um, if you care about your hair, you are more part of my world than ever. They were looking at the uh, magazine and Rufus didn't, didn't like the way his hair looked. I thought that was funny. Um, that's all I have for quotes. Yes. Same. Going to go into MVP and shittiest. Yep. Okay. MVP on one, three. Yeah. (laughs) And one, three, Three, two, two, one, one. Lily. Lily. Yes. Unanimous. I mean, everyone in the chat, everyone that sent us questions, 
everyone said that they loved Lily in this episode. Um, she helped Chuck out with whatever he needed. She just wanted him to come home, which was so sweet. And I love that she looked Jack right in the eyes and said, I'm not afraid of you. I was like, yes, yes hunty. Yes, I love that. And I also love how happy and confident she is in her relationship and the fact that she's going to bring Rufy to a social event after everyone is saying like, oh, I hope you're doing okay with grieving. Yeah. And so maybe true. that's distasteful, but also I'm like, no, she's been waiting so long to be with the love of her life. Right. And also the fact that she went through with the adoption with Charles. She didn't have to do that. And the fact of she said, like, not for nothing, but this is actually what Bart and I were planning. He was going to adopt my kids and I was going to adopt Chuck. And just because Bart's not here anymore, I'm still going through with this because I want to. Yes. So good. Love it. Uh, Shittiest. Yes. Three, Three, two, two, one, one, Jack. Ooh. Good one. Jack is definitely someone I also was going to choose. It goes without saying for him, um, but I love that you picked Blair. I actually was going to put her as my blue ribbon for shittiest because she was just so damn petty in this episode. I couldn't even take it. I mean, I get that she's her dream is coming to a halt and she's spiraling and she has to resort to her old ways of being Blair and getting revenge, but... I'm happy that you're not going to get it. I know she's going to come back with war, but it's like you can't always get your way. And right. there's so many times she hasn't gotten her way. And I feel like sometimes we see growth from her and then we don't. I know. It sucks. I really wish she would just continue to go up. Yeah. But it's she just takes a couple of steps back sometimes, which really it stinks to watch her. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. I think we can do patron of the week. Yes, please. It's patron of the week. It's patron of the week. It's patron of Patron of the Week this week is a newcomer to our network. We're so happy to have her. Her name is Ava. Ava! Yes, she's from San Fran. And she has brightened up our day with her emails that she sent us. Um, and I called her Sunny Ava. Love it. So <laughs> because sweet. I feel like once she pledged, it was a great time. We actually had a couple of new pledges this week, which I would definitely um, shout you guys out. We're so thankful. It Insane. means so much. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we're just, when we got the email back from Ava and she was telling us how she loves, loves the OC and she's, Rewatching One Tree Hill just to listen to Treeho talk, and she listens to Gossip Girl. Like she, she's really, truly a, a part of our family now, and so happy to have you pledge, Sunny Ava. So thank you, <laughs> thank you, Ava. All right, Michelle, it's that time of the episode where I yes, girl, give you the title for next week's episode, and you'll let me know what you think is going to happen. Okay. Season two, episode seventeen. Carnal knowledge. Hmm. Hmm. I know. It doesn't really give you much. Well, okay. So I feel that where we left off, that Blair is definitely going to seek revenge and it's going to be her number one mission to take down Carr. Right. And I think that this might get in the way if Serena finds out because Serena obviously is team Rachel and Padge is kind of team Rachel. Totally. He's just not aware that he's Team Rachel yet. You yeah. know what I mean? 
And I think that's going to become an awkward situation because maybe she's going to show up to the cafe or maybe we'll see them talking in the halls or maybe when he, I was going to say when they eat lunch, but we don't really see them eat lunch. Do we they don't. Eat lunch they don't really eat much lunch. <laughs> they don't eat much lunch. <laughs> they eat yogurt yeah. breakfast on the, the Met stair steps, but they don't really eat much lunch. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think definitely stuff is going to happen there and there's going to be three parties involved. Obviously Serena's going to get pissed at Blair. I can see her getting weirdly annoyed with Padge and I could see this going on for like two to three episodes. Okay. You know, the takedown of her. Right. And then Chuck, I can't wait to see him moving back in with Lily and I hope him and Serena have like a sweet moment. I hope him and Eric have a sweet hug moment. Like mm-hmm. glad to hear have you back, brother, or something like that. Right. I mean, as far as that goes, now that Jack is out of the picture, or so I'm hoping, and Chuck is back with Lily. Now I want to use Charles because Lily called. I him know, Charles, I love but it. I feel, but I feel like I'm not worthy enough. So <laughs> Chuck, he kind of now has a clean slate. Right. Exactly. Like, what is the next story for you and is he going to college i don't remember um we don't know truly we don't really know where anyone has applied or if they have applied because we're really just focusing on yeah we've only focused on yale and we only really know that blair serena and dan have applied but like we don't know what nate's planning on doing what vanessa's planning on doing chuck okay so yeah so I think maybe I don't know. I don't I don't know what we're gonna do with Chuck. I mean, are we gonna do more with Blair? But I feel like Blair's gonna be pretty preoccupied with taking down Carr. Yeah. That I can't see her getting involved with Chuck right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll see Chuck and Nate hanging out more to bond. Maybe Chuck and Padge will be kind of awkward towards each other because mm-hmm. what else do they know? You know? Yep. I don't know. Um, and then who am I missing? Jenny, maybe we'll see her at school because we didn't see her this time at school. I know. She was only in one scene this episode. Yeah. Not that I really need to see some Jenny drama, but <laughs> right. we could see you. We can see you around. Make a presence. Yeah. What about Lily and Rufus? Are they continuing? Yeah, for sure. They're going to continue being sweet and shacking up together. And yeah. Right. Okay. Also, where? what month was this? This is, well, we're watching it in January, so. Okay. Okay. Doesn't really give much. No. Okay. Just trying to see, like, and six months till school. Yeah, so maybe roughly six-ish months, because six months would be, like, July, right? If we're in January. I guess so, yeah. So maybe five-ish months. I mean, I don't... They maybe don't really February. tell you. Yeah, maybe we're in February. Yeah, because you usually go back to school in August, so maybe they're in February. Yeah, it doesn't that's matter. True. Just trying to point prep, you know, have a totally right. I know we always like harp on dates and times and things. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. all right. So, with all of the information you have, do you have a prediction on who Gossip Girl could be? Sure, it's Penelope. Always just feeling it's Penelope <laughs> in terms of. Even, again, I don't think she is Gossip Girl, but she's working for her. Okay. Yeah. All right. I know. I know it's kind (laughs) of boring. I just don't really have... I truly can't even come up with a good reason to pick anybody else. I know. But I can give you, like, a little, (gasps) like, 
hope nugget yeah uh-huh. Uh-huh. by uh-huh. the end of this season you're gonna have a big gossip girl blast so i feel like you're gonna be able to like be like oh shit what's gonna happen with this okay that's exciting yeah. i like to hear that just like a little gotta give you something to be excited for you know well, I am excited. I'm definitely enjoying where everything is going. I feel like I'm enjoying season two way more than one. Yeah, I agree. And and that's natural to happen because of character development. We're learning how these people are. And I just love Lily. So love Lily. Yeah. Love, love. She yeah. truly. I mean, it took a few episodes in the beginning to warm up to her. But as soon as you do, she just gets better. I think. Yes. She's evolving beautifully. Yeah, agreed. All right. Well, thank you to everyone who joined our Netflix party. We had so much fun. We're going to continue doing that each week. I mean, even after the quarantine, I'm hopeful to continue still doing this because it was so much fun. And it's like it's like we brought back our sip and watches. So um, definitely want to keep incorporating that. If you're interested, you go to patreon.com slash it takes three network and join our little community. You can get bonus goodies and behind the scenes stuff. You get the episode a day early and you can join our Netflix party for Gossip Girl. And if you want to reach out to us on social media, we're three Gossip Girls pod on everything. We also have a Gmail account. You can reach out to us there. We love, love getting emails. And if you want to leave us a review on iTunes, we would really appreciate that. Let us know how you're liking the show. And we'll see you guys or talk to you guys next week for season two, episode 17. We are getting down to the wire here. It's crazy. So exciting. You know you love us. XOXO. Gossip Girls.